Hi guys, Hannah here at the top of the episode, just to give you a little disclaimer that at some point in the next hour, you may hear the dulcet tones of my 10 year old child in the background. One of the things I love most about parenthood is being able to nurture these small humans and encourage them to grow in their own wonderful thoughts and amazing personalities, she says through gritted teeth. Because a raucous game of Fortnite online is always going to be more fun than mum's weird podcast. Hope you enjoy the episode. And Nate, you're grounded. Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of Two Girls, One Book podcast. I am Hannah and my co-host Rhiannon is with me also remotely, safely. Of course, (laughs) always. We're here to do another short stories episode, which is just our roundup of the books that we've been reading the last few weeks. So... Rhiannon is going to kick us off. She's got a big chunk of books to get through. So what is your first book today, Rhiannon? Um, Okay, so the first one that I've got is The Mermaid of Black Conch. Um, My other half just came in to tell me about the conch shell being a big shell. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Um, It was a great book. I, I... I... messaged you about this this it feels like ages ago since we did our last short stories episode so i it's been a while since i read this um and i messaged you saying that i was really struggling to get into it mm-hmm. oh it's by monique um roffey i don't know if that's correct pronunciation correct pronunciation <laughs> that definitely wasn't correct pronunciation jeez um but yeah i messaged you and said a was really struggling to get into it it's only a short book Mm -hmm. it's less than 200 pages and I thought like the premise of it that I'd really really like it um but it just took me a little bit of getting into I think it's because the very beginning um it's it's quite a brutal beginning um and like Little Mermaid-esque it it just is not um (laughs) The, I mean, the basic premise of the book is, is, I guess, fairly similar. It's a, a lady that's been, uh, has been cursed to live as a, a mermaid, actually, um, and then she basically gets falls in love with a, a human, and uh, David is his name, um, and he takes care of her, and then she turns back into a woman and then other stuff happens and then she the curse <laughs> co- comes back to find her basically right. i don't want to give it away this is the thing yeah. like, <laughs> um but it was yeah at the beginning she gets caught um by some nasty american fishermen that basically just want to catch her and put her in a museum or whatever yeah. and make loads of money off her mm-hmm. um really not nice people and she gets strung up in the in the little village and uh basically put on display and she's abused and it's not very nice at all it's definitely it's not a children's book right um put it that way but once i got past that and it turned into a bit more of a a bit more of a love story really Mm -hmm. it's beautifully written like the setting is really nice the the author is uh she's a british author but she's trinidadian born okay i think i've got that right um and like she just p- 
paints such an amazing picture yeah um again it's one of these books that's like i feel like i've read loads of books with amazing nature writing and and that kind of thing um which has been amazing with us being stuck at home to be honest i feel like i've traveled the world through the books that i've been reading which is the whole point um so yeah i i I ended up thoroughly enjoying it and i in my review i definitely raved about it a bit um one of the things i did want to just bring up about it is that i really liked the formatting of the book i've not come across a book where i've like i've thought that okay (laughs) um but it's written in um some of it's in journal entries so david the the guy that um falls in love with the mermaid um he he is writing a diary in uh 2015 reminiscing about this tale that happened which is in the 70s okay um and then there's also almost like um poetry like verse um and that's the mermaid speaking um and we also hear from miss rain miss rain is like the landowner um she's the white landowner of like this black town um but she's uh her ex-partner was a black man so there's also a lot of like racial stuff as well there's loads in it considering it's less than 200 pages she's managed to cram in a hell of a lot it sounds good um yeah it was great i really do recommend it i got it uh it was costa book of the year 2020 and it's got a nice quote from bernadine everisto on the front as well um saying monique ruffy is a unique talent and most daring and versatile of writers which actually yeah she's so versatile because the different um viewpoints like the they're written in such unique ways but yeah it was great it was a really good uh a really good one and i would definitely recommend it for people that want a a quickish a quickish read i think it was i can't remember whether it was in in your review or whether it was a message that you'd sent me where you'd said it was like a grittier crawdads which i was a bit like yeah, yeah that's I, the, I that's what kind of piqued my interest because anything that's that kind of trans transportative is that a word i don't think so something that transports you to like a different wildly different part of the world yeah um but in that kind of really immersive way, that's what I'm really into. And I like gritty. So, yeah, I'm going to yeah. pick it up. Yeah, I think you really will enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's it was fab. And also, like, the kind of folk tale element of it as well. I yeah. really liked that. Um, so, yeah, highly recommend. It was a, a good start to... Well, I don't know. When did I read it? It must have been a Last month, month ago, yeah. Beginning of, yeah, about a month ago. So anyway, it was good. <laughs> cool. So there you go. First first one done. Well, moving on to another, in my opinion, good one, <laughs> um, is Never Let Me Go. And I'm going to get the yep. author's name wrong. Kazuo Ishiguro? Yep. If it's wrong, somebody tell me that that's wrong. <laughs> I like I to... Think that's, I think that's right. Yeah. Um... Yes, so I think this was shortlisted for a prize. I mean, it's old. It's an old book. And I wrote in my review, I can't believe that this was not on my radar because it's so very much my kind of book. 
Um, have you read Have you read um, Remains of the Day? Nope. No, me neither. That's been on my Kindle for the longest time. And for whatever reason, I decided that I wanted to buy and read this first. I don't know why. I don't even know what Remains of the Day is about. I felt like it was a, um, an old movie that my mum watched. So I was a bit like, I don't even... Yeah. wasn't even on my radar. Um, That's what he won the Nobel Prize yeah. for, wasn't it? And this was after that, right? Yes. So... When was it published? 2005. Uh-huh. And then there was a movie after yeah. that, which I haven't watched. And I'm nervous no, to same. watch because I don't want it to ruin mm. the book. <laughs> I love it so much. It's got much. Keira Knightley in, isn't it? Yeah. And my other half doesn't like Keira Knightley, so probably oh. won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, it's a... I would, I guess, to try and explain it. It's a kind of sci-fi... I wouldn't have said it's dystopian. I kept seeing things that were like, oh, it's dystopian, dystopian. And I can see that there's dystopian elements, but it's very much set in a kind of almost parallel time to now. It's like an alternative present. Um, Which, again, it's hard to say without spoiling it because it's very, it's drip-fed to you, the (laughs) storyline. Yeah. Yeah. but it focuses on the kind of morality of human cloning and um, the reasons for that and the humanity of scientifically produced people, things, creatures. And I just loved it. I just, I don't know how to say very much about it without spoiling anything, but the kind of basic, the questions that it that it threw up of do they have feelings do they have emotions do they have souls i really really enjoyed i mean i cried because of course i cried <laughs> at this point it's it's weird if you don't cry. <laughs> yeah so i think i really enjoyed the themes of kind of identity from the point of view hmm. of a created clone um because they didn't have families so to speak they were each other's family um they cared for each other through childhood and onwards um and the idea of the kind of search for the person that would almost validate who they were and it being this unknown thing that they had nothing to kind of hang their hat on and be like oh that's where i get that funny thing from like, there's yeah. so many things I get from my parents without realising that yeah. now I'm an adult, I'm like, oh, I do that, and I sound just like my mum. But that feeling of kind of figuring out your identity and who you are and where you're going without having that background of a family identity, I really I really enjoyed thinking about. I liked the... Um, I mean, the, one of the reasons I think that I picked it up was the, the school setting. Mm-hmm. There's something about, like, reading about boarding schools that I just loved when I was a kid and I still like doing it now yeah so if I see a book that's like set in a boarding school whether it's adult or children I'm like yeah I'll I'll have that so I did I enjoyed I enjoyed that element I enjoyed the fact that it was kind of I think I wrote that it's almost like memoir-esque yeah because it's just the main um character Kathy yes Kathy H yeah yeah, it's just her recalling her life, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that kind of set setup of it. It's quite a nice short book again, isn't it? It's not very long. Yeah. Um, and not massively... 
not that it's not plot driven because obviously the whole th- the whole point of it is the plot but there isn't much that particularly happens yeah um it's more her just kind of reminiscing as you said on how how they kind of grew up to be and and the the feelings that they grew for each other as well and it was interesting to read about them working their way through what seemed to be pretty ordinary teenage feelings thoughts and feelings but with this backdrop of knowledge that it meant nothing in the end because they had a purpose that was chosen for them and that they didn't really have any control over um yeah yeah i did i i just loved it i think i wrote that it'll it's it stole a bit of my soul um yeah the it's that kind of feeling of fate as well i think i'm i'm a big believer in fate and things being not not that, that you don't have control over things but the idea that there is things that are coming your way that you you can't control and you just have to kind of roll with and deal yeah um and i really like that and i loved the relationship yeah. between tommy and kathy i just wished i think the quote that i'd highlighted was something about how sad he he seemed that they hadn't done done things sooner yeah. and i felt that i was like i could tell page 20 I could tell. Yeah. You waited until page 220 to give me this. I just felt sad. <laughs> but yes, I absolutely loved it. Really loved sweet it. Sweet little book. Yeah. It was very nice. Um, and then I'm pretty excited to read some of the other other books on our on our list. Yeah. <laughs> um, more of that later. <laughs> cool. What was next? Have you got a thriller? I do have a thriller. Yes. Um, it was a fun little thriller as well. Yes, I've I've bought it. I, but now it makes me nervous now because if you don't like it, then I feel like I've given you a duff recommendation. Do you know what? I've not... So since, since sort of starting actively trying to read more thrillers, I've not read a thriller that I didn't like. Okay. So no I think I'll then. be fine. <laughs> yeah, do you know... I don't think I'm... Pre- I don't know. I think I've probably read some really good ones, but I don't think I'm that fussy right. as well. Like watching TV thrillers too. Like I don't mind if I've worked out what the plot twist is. Yeah. Like as long as it's still like well written and exciting. Yeah. Then and yeah, I'm yet to read one that I've yeah. Anyway, sorry yes. I've interrupted that's, you. Go, no, you go. that's fine. Um I so yes, The Family Upstairs by Lisa Jewell is on first glance a classic whodunit three bodies in a house baby Mm -hmm. in the cot upstairs alive and well and well looked after the bodies have been there for a few days um Mm. so immediately immediately there's questions of what's happened to the people what what who's looking after the baby what's that situation it's like a triple point of view so there is um the voices of libby who i would say is probably the protagonist she's the kind of main character who drives the story she's the method by which we investigate the story yeah lucy who is she's probably my favorite character she is you don't she's somehow connected obviously but you don't know how she's connected and then there's an unknown male voice that is not revealed until the very very end and there is options of who it could be. So I was very much like, I think I know where this is going. Oh, no, I don't know where this is going all the way through. So it's very, I felt it was very twisty. Um, and again, it's one of those things that when you're talking about thriller, I can't really say very much without spoiling it. 
but there was elements of kind of is there cult things going on there's like weird extra characters that you learn about that you through the kind of it flashbacks into the past from the points of view of all characters and you just build this picture of what was a very weird situation going on in a house and that's about all I can say other than it's really good (laughs) cool my my next book is also a, a thriller so again we probably can't say too much about it but this is one of the ones that I was recommended when I put my little um thing out saying recommend me thrillers um and quite a few people said the silent patient um and i keep kept getting this confused with the english patient (laughs) that's a banger of a book as well though i've not read that um but i yeah i was like hasn't this been made into a movie to my other half (laughs) it's like you're thinking of the english patient um so but apparently the the rights have been sold to it. Okay. But whether that means that it gets made into something, I don't know. Um so very loosely for anyone that hasn't hasn't read it, we follow a pretty norm seemingly normal lady who's an artist, um Alicia and uh she was living a normal sort of life until 6 years ago she shot her husband five times in the head. Oh. Um, and so we find that out right at the very beginning. Um, and it's told at the start, we're um, thrown into her diary. And like her diary entries are peppered throughout the book. Um, and they just give away little, little snippets of, of what's been going on right. with her um and um but mainly we have a male protagonist so we mainly follow her well she ends up in a secure like psych unit um because i mean (laughs) yeah understandably in the head um so uh at once she went after she um shot him she didn't speak again so she was completely mute um and this uh therapist who we're following has uh the mission to make her speak okay um or help her help her find her voice again and yeah so we're basically just following him on on that mission and like finding out why she's mute um she painted she painted a picture after she shot her husband and that's the only only like communication right um, so it's like interpreting, interpreting that that picture, and yeah, it was oh, it was so interesting. Uh, like the whole way through, I was really interested in like the whole mental health side of things as well. There was a lot of, um, a lot of delving into into that. Um, and there's such a good twist at the end, which I just didn't see coming at all. Okay. Um, yeah, it was great. It was really, really gripping. Definitely a, a thriller. I'd be interested interested to see how it how it would be made into a movie. But uh, especially if she yeah, doesn't I, speak, it would yeah. be a very quiet movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of other stuff going on, and like there's some other interesting characters in 
in this psych unit, as you can imagine. Yeah, and the therapist guy... I've literally completely forgotten his name. That's horrific, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even know. Anyway, yeah. So he goes and like talks to the people that were in her life um, to see if he can glean anything right. from them. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. I would highly recommend it. Okay. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, it's again, it's not a massive book. Um, it I got through it very, very quickly because um, I wanted to know what was happening. Yeah, those are the great ones. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's what I've discovered that I read thrillers like super duper quick. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, it they are page turners. That's literally what they are. Um, but yeah, highly recommend. Really, really good. And thank you to the people that suggested that for me. I liked it a lot. <laughs> well, the next book that we have to talk about, um, we've just today as we're recording, just posted reviews of yes. um, a brand new fresh from the womb book (laughs) (laughs) um before the ruins by victoria gosling which was kindly gifted to us by um the lovely people at serpent's tale um i would say uh, i'm just picking up on what you said about thrillers being page turners this is one which i think we both said it's billed as a thriller neither Mm. of us would necessarily say it was a thriller Mm. but i would have said it was a page turner (laughs) yeah I totally agree Um, with that Um, yeah I wanted to continue not because it was like a frenetic quick tell me more tell me more but because I was so invested in this slow paced kind of dripping of information of these really interesting characters and I really enjoyed it yeah same the um the so the protagonist is uh Andy isn't isn't it so yes. she's in her like thirties looking back on uh this particular incident really like a particular time from their the teenage years wasn't it yeah. um uh, a summer when I mean the the back of the book's quite quite interesting so it it basically says that the apocalypse was due. Um, and that doesn't really play too much of a part in the book at all, does it? No, no. <laughs> but but it definitely grabbed grabbed me. Like, oh, okay, right. Yeah. So something's happening to do with the apocalypse. The apocalypse obviously doesn't happen because it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, no, and we meet her twenty something years later. Well, exactly. Yeah, and so her uh, childhood best friend Peter goes missing. And his mum calls Andy, doesn't she? Yeah. To say, can can you help find him? Yeah. And that's why we where we end up going trudging down memory lane with her. Yeah. And yeah, so there's all all sorts. Of, I said in my review, there's quite a lot of plot points that end up getting thrown in to the mix, like with the there's there's some jewels that the like a necklace yeah. that. And then there's a few different, like, love triangle type things going on. It was like a love hexagon well. at one point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't keep track of who was who. There's, uh, there's like, some potential child abuse. There's stuff that gets hinted at that yeah. never really gets explored. Um, 
yeah, there was a, there was a lot of stuff going on, but I, I quite liked the that I didn't know what was the important bits. Yeah. I think that's what kept me guessing. I felt like I'd almost read it with like a mist around me. And I was yeah. a bit like, I can see something here off to the side, but I don't know if I'm really meant to be paying attention to it. Oh, yeah. but there's, what's this sparkling over here? Um, yeah. I liked it. And the writing is beautiful. Mm. Really, I did. I definitely, I think I messaged you and straight away went, I'll pick up anything that she writes. Like, there's without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. This is her debut novel. Yeah. And I would... I wouldn't question picking up anything that she writes in future. It was like gothic imagery, like a real kind of just yeah. magical feeling to it, really atmospheric. And there was yeah. diamonds and there was death and there was everything that I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She um, studied at Manchester University. Well, there you go. All there the best go. people study in Manchester, Rhiannon. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it, it was great. I it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be from reading the blurb. Yeah, no, me neither. But I liked but I liked what it was. <laughs> so Yes. I liked but, the, yeah. all the characters I felt were really interesting. They all were like really, super yeah. multifaceted and I wished almost yeah. that there had been more room to find out more about them. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't think any of them were particularly likable. No. I think they were all very uh, flawed characters. Yeah. But but I liked that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. I, I Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Well, yeah, good one. That was a great one by Victoria Gosling, that one was. I've got these written down and it feels like it's all just books that I'm talking about. <laughs> the next That's one on fine. my list is um, is a memoir. Da, da, da. two memoirs to yes. talk about um this one was sharon stone's the beauty of living twice i'll be kind of quick about um the memoirs because there's not really much that you can say other than um the person is an interesting person that's why i read the book sharon stone although actually i didn't know very much about her in that the stuff that she's done recently i knew her up until the kind of basic instinct that's the big what you imagine sharon stone of and then i remember her being ill and having, I think she sure. suffered a stroke um, and all sorts of kind of brain things, that very um, technical term. And then I think she disappeared, and what, that's what we learn in the book, is that she disappeared from public view pu- yeah. purposefully. She was very much um, Rethink My Life, the whole the title, The Beauty of Living Twice. It's like she got a second chance um, and just really rethought her approach to everything that... Um, sure that she yeah how she approached everything she seems like a really kind of well-grounded um individual but also struggled through a lot and a survivor of a lot um it was well written it was a little a little bit at times I felt like I didn't know it wasn't written in a kind of linear structure I didn't know where I was in time but I enjoyed it she's a very interesting lady very strong lady Mm. and yeah well worth picking up Okay, so that moves on to my next, my strong lady. (laughs) I decided at the beginning of April that I had had Betty on my shelf for a little while. um, And I wanted to read it. Because both of us us have Betty, don't we? Mm -hmm. Um, And we were both a bit scared about picking it up. Because it's a big book. Yeah. And 
the amount of reviews that I've seen saying like how how heavy it is and like the subject matter like on the back there's a quote from another author saying I felt consumed by the ambitious enormity and sadness of this book Betty is about the power of words and the language it is written in in rings with this so I kind of I was ready to be like absolutely ruined Mm -hmm. uh, emotionally but I was fine (laughs) (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm just like I think you'll probably find it um fairly harrowing (laughs) because you're more emotionally charged than I am perhaps yeah um but what I would say so essentially we are just following Betty Betty's life uh her childhood in particular um she becomes a a writer basically what she's good at is is writing and it's uh, an account of her life by her really beautifully written um and her family don't have the best of luck there's a lot of abuse and there's there's rape and there's um yeah various bits of violence and all all sorts of stuff poverty they're not they're not well off Mm -hmm. as well which obviously doesn't help matters um there's also uh like race comes into it because she's so her mother's her mother's white and her father is uh cherokee so all of her siblings are they appear to be white but betty has um adopted her father's look so she's much more dark-skinned right but with that betty has such an amazing relationship with her dad Mm -hmm. and i think that's the thing that i took from it the most like despite all of the stuff all of the rubbish all of the horrific things that happened to her and her family the take-home thing for me was just what an amazing relationship she has with her dad um and how he's such a such a ray of hope even like through all of all of that stuff Mm -hmm. some stuff he doesn't know about that that betty has to like carry with her she seems to be the one that finds finds out all the bad stuff right um so but she has such a mature head on her shoulders and she seems to somehow deal with all of it she doesn't appear to be ruined by it and i think that it's it's the the positivity and the hopefulness in her dad that keeps her head above water right which i yeah which i really i really appreciated like that the the positive influence on her life was her dad because so often it'll be the male figure who's like the one that's doing the abusing or whatever and that's definitely not the case here it's the complete opposite um so uh, yeah i i thought this book was going to take me ages to get through as well because it's massive Mm -hmm. Um, but i i did end up reading it in a couple of days it was one of those i i really wanted to like see what where we went next yeah I learned a lot about like the Cherokee heritage like her her dad talks about that side of things a lot and wants her to place importance on that and not to be ashamed of it because she's she's bullied about it mm-hmm. at 
school etc but he really wants her to be proud of her identity mm-hmm. and i think she she does end up feeling proud of it um so yeah i i really liked it i know that loads of people have, have raved about raved about this book um and yeah rightly so it's beautifully written and i felt so much more like positivity coming out of it than i'd been led to believe right that's nice so because yeah i think i'd read a lot as well of it just basically being this is a really great book but it's a very hard book to read and I, as you have alluded, I'm incredibly emotionally charged already. So I'm a bit like, oh, <laughs> I like that the kind of hard hitting stories and things that make you think yeah. and consider things. But at the same time, like, I don't need any persuading. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, anything that will put a kind of positive spin on those on those yeah. harrowing. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's definitely it is to be approached with. Like, I'm glad that I went in knowing that there was bad stuff yeah. gonna happen <laughs> but good stuff comes out of out of the bad stuff as well and it like makes her into a stronger person okay is what i took from it right so yeah definitely and it's so pretty it's such a pretty cover yeah it's nice colors <laughs> well i own well and underneath it's underneath the dust jacket it's a really nice color as well it's that purpley yeah. kind of nice purpley I already own it, so yeah. I can say for certain I will be reading it. It's just yeah, so blinking just... big. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be in the right headspace for yeah. it. Um, but I, th- I think you will really enjoy it when you, when you get into it. You'll need tissues, like you will, right? Because um, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that kind of leads nicely on to our next book, which also deals with kind of racial identity and mm-hmm. tricky family relationships. Mm, it does yeah um you're right which is liberty by caitlin greenidge another little fresh book it only came out last week um and also gifted to us by serpent's tale yeah which is a story about liberty the titular character um who lives with her it's in the uh, is it in the 1850s or something mid 1800s It's like post-Civil War, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, so it's historical fiction. I feel like I've not really read that much historical fiction not lately. Not this month, no. <laughs> not this month. So this one was a nice, like, dipping my toe back into my comfort yeah. comfort blanket. But a, an area I, I know zero about, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, post-Civil War, America no don't know anything about um we're in the era so we've just had slavery abolished haven't we yeah um and they uh liberty and her mum are uh, they live in a, a free settlement uh at the very beginning of their book they of the book they are they help with getting slaves out yeah. don't they and a man arrives in a coffin but he's not dead. <laughs> he's just been smuggled out. I loved that scene though. That was like a, yeah. almost a resurrection, and I felt yeah. like it really, it really set the tone for the relationship yeah. that Liberty has with her mum, who's yes. a, a, a doctor, and yes. she, as this young child, witnesses her mum essentially bring this man back from the dead out of a coffin, 
And you just go, oh, you can see why this is, she's now got this image in her head of her mum as this like larger than life magic person. Yeah. But a re- that's got to be a really, it's a hard thing to live up to. Yes. Particularly, it's just them. Her dad is dead. Um, yeah. So she's, she grows up in the shadow of this woman who literally, in her eyes, brings people back from the dead. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a it's a really interesting relationship that they have, and we go through childhood into adulthood, and their their relationship is very tumultuous. I don't know, it's very up and down, definitely, because uh, she, like you say, she kind of almost idolizes her mum, mm-hmm. but she also resents her mum for not paying her attention and and being a mum. Yeah. So she thinks she's she's an amazing doctor, and given that she's, uh, she's a a black woman, although she's light skinned, mm-hmm. um, so she managed to the way that she has managed to become a doctor is that she fooled her way into a white college, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and this is it's based on a true story, right? Um, I feel like I read something about it, or it's based in in fact. Yeah. Um. I, I can't I can't remember where I read that but maybe it was on like the little press release that we got given I don't know yeah but yeah so uh Liberty doesn't want to follow in her mum's footsteps uh, despite the fact so she goes to college to study medicine of some description mm-hmm. doesn't she? she goes to a black college um to study medicine because Liberty is very dark-skinned um so she wouldn't have been able to pass as white um and it's not that she's bad at medicine but her heart isn't really in it yeah um her passions lie elsewhere um and i think that the rest of the book is her just trying to find her way find her identity Mm -hmm. not necessarily her racial identity although that is very much a thing that is uh prevalent throughout the rest of the book for the wider community as well, because that was a time when black people didn't—they they didn't really know what was happening. It yeah. was all like there was—it was all change, wasn't it? There was promise um, of this brighter future, but no plan for it and no kind of yeah. roadmap towards it. They were. Yeah. Um. I think I'd written that that the the second part of the book was her trying to find her freedom. Yeah. Um. Not from slavery, but from the kind of relationship that she'd had with her mum and the kind of expectations that there were within that. And then from her, later on, her husband, it was expectations of other people that she was living within and it was about her trying to find what's her freedom and what is it that she wants. It was beautifully written. Um, And the bit that I think I'd written that I just wish there was a little bit more of was learning about um, Haiti and the culture in Haiti she goes over there and it's all the kind of creole those like little songs and things that they were singing the children in the streets and all of that I just found so interesting I wanted more of it and I was it was another one of those books that transports you to that place I felt like I could hear the sounds and see all of the colors and the flowers and the um it was really nice yeah it's done really well this book as well because it's been out in the U.S. for a little bit hasn't it and uh, it's like Oprah's book club pick or something yeah. and on is it Roxanne Gay's 
as well. Yeah, so yeah, of the month or something. Have you seen the yeah. US cover? It's no. so beautiful. It's like Is her it? um, silhouette, like her profile oh, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, flowers. Yeah, I have seen it, yeah. 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 Very nice. Yeah. I'm really loving the, the, the ones that we've got, the Serpent's Tarot ones. I mean, you might have seen our little um, pictures on Instagram, but I'm like, loving the pops of, like... Yeah, the bright colours. Neon. Yeah. So this one's got, like, lime green and the one... Um, for, for the, the ruins. ruins. Yeah, that one's, like, bright orange. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's got we've got some good coloured spines for our bookcases. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was a brilliant book. I On paper, I thought, like, this is going to be something that I'm going to really enjoy. And I did. Yeah. So. <laughs> it made me really want to read more about that era as well, about that mm. like post-American yeah. Civil War. Um, yeah. Because it is something which l- luckily in our in our history in the UK isn't something that we've particularly... I mean, obviously we had Civil War, but not with the same kind of tensions with with yeah. race and slavery and things like that. I'd, I'd yeah. love to read more about that about that era yeah. of history i think it's incredibly important to know more about it um sure. yeah i i agree i yeah i can't i can't think what else i've read that's a similar time period i feel like i have but probably a long time ago so if anybody has any suggestions of uh books in in that vicinity then yeah drop us a message we'd be interested to hear different tack now another <laughs> another quick um little memoir touch upon is matthew mcconaughey i can say his name properly mm-hmm. this week um matthew mcconaughey's green lights which i listened to the audiobook of and i would highly recommend anybody to listen to the audiobook mm-hmm. of it um and it wasn't really a memoir he doesn't he says right at the very beginning it isn't a memoir it's like a playbook it's a kind of this is the approach that i have to good situations and bad situations um in life and i really enjoyed it he's so just effortlessly cool and um the title green lights comes from his idea that there are certain situations in your life where you hit a red light as in like a traffic light and it's about finding how do you turn that red light into a green light um something positive and something which can help you move forwards rather than stopping you in your tracks and he he just is super cool. It seems like as well, it's written um, over a very long period of time. It's a lot of his diaries and letters that he seems to have written since he was very young, in his teens and early 20s. Um, so it's almost like a collection and a scrapbook of... There's poems that he's written, prayers that he's written, little kind of quotes that he lives by. All of it's just stuffed into this book and it's very much just like take from it what you want take nothing take it all cool whatever you want a literary scrapbook that's cool i quite like that approach yeah and it made it was easy it didn't feel like it was hard work which i feel like that fits him it was very much kind of this is a relaxed read this is laid back yeah yeah i really enjoyed it really enjoyed it that was um one of my one of my friends i think read that recent recently and said they really enjoyed it as well so maybe i'm gonna have to pop that on my audiobook list after i finished wading through obama yeah it's def- still still going <laughs> it's worth it's worth the audiobook just for his little all right all right all right i can't do it my boyfriend does a very good impression 
And me listening to it has given him all of the opportunity. Every time I mention the word yeah. Matthew McConaughey, I get the impression. I don't mind of it. Of course. It's fun. Fine. <laughs> yeah, there's worse things that he could he could be doing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So my my last read, is it, this is, well, sort of, I've got a little thing to tack on the end. But yeah, my last main read was um, Finley Donovan is Killing It um, by El Cosimano. Um, and... Yeah, I primarily bought it because I wanted to recreate the cover, and it was great fun. I had a lot. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but the book was was super fun as well. This is a really light, easy read. Kind of, it's a, it's like cross genre, really, because it's thriller thriller esque, but with like all the cliches in. There's romance in there. There's yeah, lo- loads of like different elements that are all mashed in and and it works i've just i think it's been announced she's got like a two two more book deal i think i saw yesterday i don't think i made made that up no i saw an announcement Um, and i don't know whether i saw something about it being optioned for a movie or for tv or Um, something or whether that was a rumor i'm sure that that's gonna happen like i feel like it would be excellent like netflix jobby um but yeah it's long and short of it is Finley Donovan is a struggling crime writer who accidentally uh is is mistaken for a hit woman and <laughs> she has a failed failed relationship and she doesn't really know what she's doing with her life and then she teams up with her ex nanny uh Biro who um is a legend and they <laughs> They become hit women. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. So I said in my review, this reminds me of um, Hadley and Grace, which I read like in the second week of this year, ages ago. Yeah. Um, and that's two women who accidentally go on a crime crime spree across America. Mm-hmm. And I I loved that as well. It's it, it's tongue-in-cheek like the characters are are fun um yeah it was it was just a a good bit of fun uh and and i like a i like a fun read every now and again especially after all of the serious ones um so yeah definitely recommend it there's a reason why people have been popping it all over instagram i mean because of the fun cover so it's very instagrammable yeah um but yeah it's it's just good fun and i really really enjoyed it cool it looks fun um, i like the cover of it and i loved your recreation i was very pleased with it yeah we've been having fun with our cover recreations haven't we um i really want to do more i just need to find some well that's another if anybody went... has any that they can that well, they think yeah, would be exactly. good send them i literally way. i literally went into waterstones after i'd said that i was going on a book buying ban to see if I could find any covers that I wanted to to recreate and I just couldn't find any maybe I didn't look hard enough I didn't really want to spend too much time in the Trafford Centre because it was getting busy with Bank Holiday Monday and yeah I'm not sure my my brain is up to that yet post-Covid no um so yeah maybe I'll go back in and have a proper um a proper look 
so i mean a couple of things that i was going to just mention before we finish um my current read i've almost finished it so i probably won't i probably won't mention it on the next on the next one but i just thought i'd briefly talk about it um because it's uh it's mental health awareness month i thought i'd dip into some of the books i've got on my shelf um and i got um notes on a nervous planet a while ago because i read uh matt haig's reasons to stay alive just before we read midnight library yeah and i really liked it um i thought it was a very interesting book quite a quite a simple take on mental health and this one is particularly dealing with anxiety caused by the world that we live in and the fact that it's just there's so much going on so our brains can't can't deal with it so i've been finding it really really interesting a lot of it's uh focusing on like technology and how that's fueling our anxiety and what we can do to try and uh like live with technology but yeah. not let it rule our lives yeah it's really interesting i i like matt haig a lot i like his i like it it's it's simple he talks about everything in a very like matter of fact way and yeah it's not not like sciencey talk although there is some some sciencey stuff in there um but yeah i just thought i'd mention that quickly as like that's what i'm currently reading i've got a book by um ruby wax as well have you read anything by her no I've, I've forgotten she existed if i'm honest yeah that's an awful so thing to say but she's written quite a lot on mental health which mm-hmm. i had absolutely no idea about so i've got one by her which is i think a, a similar sort of mm-hmm. thing um but with like different ways to practice mindfulness and all of that kind of stuff it's tricky because these all sound really good and matt haig i follow on instagram i followed him Mm. for a long time and i always i suffer quite a lot with my mental health and i always feel like oh these are books that i really should own and i really should read them yeah but whenever one of those episodes hits me the last thing that i'm thinking is oh that book that i've got on my bookshelf let me just take that like my brain is everywhere but picking up a book and i feel like i need to be able to get in the habit of reading them when I'm in a good headspace, preparing yeah. for when I'm in a bad headspace rather than it being yeah. a panic. Yeah I, think that's, yeah, I think that's what it is. Cause so I, I, I'm quite lucky that I've, I've never, I've never really had that many run-ins with my own mental health, mm-hmm. um, apart from like crippling performance anxiety when I was at music college. Uh, but that's, that's a very particular type of anxiety, which I could definitely like, I could compartmentalize that and it didn't it didn't rule my life it was just like it ruled that little part of my life for a while yeah but anyway that's by the by that's in in the past but I I was talking to a friend about this earlier saying like it's it's one of those things that I feel is really important for me to read about and to like equip myself with for a me so that I know like the warning signs for me if I am starting to feel anxious because like I we all get anxious it's not the same as anxiety Mm -hmm. but we all worry about stuff and it's just good to have coping mechanisms so that it doesn't all become too much especially after a year like we've just had 
Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's something that I've over the last few years have tried to be much more aware of, and also because I know I know a lot of people that suffer with mental health problems, various different things, and I want to be helpful. <laughs> you know, that's like, a very lovely reason for wanting to read those books. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. It's hard to understand stuff when when you don't have that issue. So, yeah, I think it's important to like learn. Yeah. <laughs> um and try and practice good mental health habits even if you're taking your own mental health sort of for granted. Mm-hmm. If if that makes sense, I don't know. Yeah. Um but yeah, I would highly I would highly recommend the those two Matt Haig books, mm-hmm. and there was that little one that I read earlier in the year as well. That toolkit for modern life yeah. again, like you say, when you're in the middle of some sort of episodes, you really don't want to have to. Because the the lady that wrote that book said the last thing that you're going to do is flip through an enormous tome of a book to be like, oh right, okay, so my head's exploding what should I do right now <laughs> yes um, I can't see straight I can't see anything <laughs> yeah, how exactly. am I reading this <laughs> so yeah you you want something that is like simple yeah. to the point like Matt Haig's one is written in like super short chapters with like punchy headings yeah. as well so that you it, it is like a little reference book six ways to keep up with the news and not lose your mind oh, things like that that i need that so i've stopped watching it i have to yeah, like well, i don't either i give myself 20 minutes in the morning to catch up on things that are happening yeah. and that's it because it's just doom and gloom what was the word yeah. it's doom scrolling when you're just scrolling yeah. through twitter and it gets worse and worse every time you look i had to yeah. kind of limit myself and say i need to know the yeah. facts that are happening and then i can move on and get on with my day yeah, I think you should definitely read this book, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it's really, it's, yeah, it's it's good. Um, and it's obviously written by someone who suffers from yeah. pretty crippling uh, anxiety, etc. Yeah. So I know everybody's experience is different, but it's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. And I'm... I'm trying to employ some of those techniques as well. So cool. I thought I'd just just mention that one briefly. Yeah. Oh, and we should also say what we're going to do our next featured read on, shouldn't we? I'm very excited for it. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah, so this is one actually that we... It, it was one of our options for last time, wasn't it? And it was a pretty close call. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought we would uh, do our next one on Clara and the Sun. Yep, by Kazuo Ishiguro. Yes. Now that I'm your a... favorite. <laughs> Expert yeah. on I'm that. I'm really pumped to read this one. Um it's pretty. It sounds very interesting and we both really enjoyed Never Let Me Go. So that bodes well. Yeah. I'm excited to read it and it's been everywhere. I've, I've yeah. seen it everywhere. We both got the nice version with the sprayed edges as well, so all of the good pictures are going to be coming your way. Of course, of course. Something to look forward to. That'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll see. See what else we can read. It, yeah, I was 
actually I was going to say if anyone has any other mental health book recommendations that aren't too dry I I love thinking about psychology and stuff like that but I'm not an academic in any way shape or form so I need it to be like written in human language (laughs) so if anyone has any other Matt Haig-esque offering other opinions um, as I say I've got ruby wax to dive into at some stage I'm going to try and do that this month as well I thought I'll do like a little non-thick mental health awareness awareness <laughs> awareness um thing for myself i'll give you a little list of books then that can yeah. <laughs> that you can put on your list my self-help pack <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> cool um i think that's it then yep anything anything else no? nothing else no i've had a nice little little uh, month of reading and listening yes Fab, okay. Um, we'll speak at you later. Brill, perfect. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls, One Book podcast. If you like what you've heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all, all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls One Book Pod, so come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.